we're going to go to a scripture in First Chronicles. So if you just want to turn there, we'll get there after a little bit. But uh, we started into a series of teaching or ministry last week uh, entitled, Is There Room for Him? And um, last week we started talking about the fact that this is the season that, that, that we celebrate and we should. How many of you know that we should? I know that some people say, well, no, we've gone way off track. This is, you know, it's become commercialized and it's become over over dramatized. And, and, and even last week I said, for some of you, it's leaving your family traumatized. But, uh, you know, listen, this is the season that we set aside to celebrate Jesus Christ being born in human flesh in this earth. Listen. That's a great reason to celebrate. We should celebrate. <clears throat> In fact, I almost say it again. We should be celebrating. If anyone should get the opportunity to celebrate, we ought to. This should be one of the greatest celebrations. This and Easter ought to be our greatest celebrations on this planet. This is where we celebrate where he came. And Easter's where we celebrate where he, went, he left. But in the middle of it, he took all of our sins on Calvary for us. We ought to be the greatest celebrators. We need to celebrate. I said it last week and I'll say it again. Atheists should not celebrate this season. If you are an atheist, you should just not celebrate this season. Why? Because this season is not about Santa Claus or old Saint Nick. It is about the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ. I realize those are, those are just words and everything. So we, we asked you last week, uh, in your celebrating, last week I told you, go ahead, celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Have fun. Get with family. Get with friends. Get with, with, with neighbors and in-laws and, and even your outlaws and, and, and celebrate. Go ahead. But we ask, in your celebrating, is there room for Him? See, the Bible says it this way. You don't have to turn to this scripture. Because let me read the, the, the Christmas account in Luke, the second chapter, starting in the fourth verse. It says, And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because, and here's our, here's our key that we're trying to hone in on, and that is because there was no room for them in the inn. And most of us, uh, listen, I realize that most of us know the story of Jesus' person, uh, his birth. And I hope, I really, really hope you understand what a huge, huge blessing it was that he came. I mean, I know we say we do, but when you think about it, we wouldn't have one single blessing that we enjoy right now in grace had he not come. Had he not been born in, 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 in flesh, had he not died at Calvary, we wouldn't have forgiveness, we wouldn't have mercy, we wouldn't have grace, we wouldn't even, we wouldn't even have the possibility of life eternal in heaven with him. Come on, think about it for just a second because we wouldn't have the blessings of health that many enjoy. We would, you, you might as well forget about peace. 
And that love and joy or, or prosperity thing, you, you might as well knock that one out the window because it ain't coming. Unless he came as a baby. And I know most of you understand that. And, and you know, this is why we celebrate. This is why we, Christians, celebrate. Or we should be celebrating. Because he did come. Because we have a reason to celebrate. And, and I'll say it this way. We celebrate why, Pastor? Because we have been blessed. Come on, I don't know what you came in this morning with. Maybe, maybe you had all kinds of curses on your head. Maybe you had all kinds of thoughts in your mind. You know, you have the opportunity. And listen, I'm not fussing at you, but what I'm telling you before you leave this house, you have the opportunity to lay it down. Let it go. And receive what He came as a baby to produce. We have that ability. We have been blessed. And listen, how many of you will be honest? You'll say, we want more of it. <laughs> Come on, we want more of His grace. We want more of His mercy. We want more of His, His, His blessing. And all that He has, we want more. Oh, Pastor, I'm not going to say that. No, you should. It was given for you. That's like your, your, someone in your house, maybe your wife or maybe your husband is the cook. And that's like having your, your, your mate cook for you and then you saying, no, I don't want to eat. I'll just have some crackers. Come on now. Listen, if there is food on the table, you ought to dive in with all four. And there is blessing at Calvary. Come on, somebody. There is a blessing at Calvary that Jesus prepared. Oh, he says it this way in Psalms. He said, there is a banquet table. Come on, how many of you think of, you know, when you think about a banquet table, I don't think about those little four, those four table, or those four-legged little things that you fold up and it puts over in the corner. Come on, the card table things. Because they don't hold a whole lot of food. Come on, nobody in the house knows what I'm talking about. You can put some rolls on there, but you don't get none of that heavy stuff that make you feel, oh. Ain't nobody in this house know what I'm talking about. You ain't got no... Oh, she said, I'll be careful because you'll be, you'll be thinking food right now. But how many of you know when, I, when, when, when you think banquet table, what do you think? You think, I mean a... Everybody say spread. Come on, say it like you know what I'm talking about. Spread. Listen, that banquet table has been set. You ought to go ahead and receive His blessing. He's made it available for you and me. And I'm going to be one of those that says, yes, I want more of Him. I want more of His blessings. I want more. Now, several, several years ago, there was a man by the name of Bruce Wilkinson that wrote a book called The Prayer of Jabez. I don't know if maybe you've read that, maybe you didn't, but it became one of the Christian bestsellers. And, and from that book, many people began to see... Or to acknowledge that to accept the blessings of God is a good thing. It's a right thing. And it says in 1 Chronicles, I told you to turn to 1 Chronicles. If you have your Bible, you can turn to 1 Chronicles. Look at the fourth chapter, verse number 10. If you didn't bring your Bible, if you didn't, you can always pull it up on your, your phone, your Bible app. Don't go to Facebook. Don't go to everything else on your phone. Just go to your Bible app. But... In 1 Chronicles, the fourth chapter, verse number 10. Now, if you don't have it, we'll put it up on the screen for you. It says this. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, 
Oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that thine hand might be with me and that thou wouldst keep me from evil that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Now, wait, the, the book, I don't know if you, you, if you read it, if you didn't, I would recommend it sometime. And you, it's not a long read, but it's, it's a great little book. But in this book, it says that, you know, it is good for us to be blessed. Why, Pastor? So we can be a blessing. Come on, I'm going, I'm going to tell you one of the reasons why America has been so blessed was so that we would learn how to be a blessing to the rest of the world. You live in a blessed country. Listen, I know there's problems. I know that there's evil. I know that there is a lot of stuff in Washington all the way down to the local cities. I know that there's stuff. Listen, I'm not naive. But I also realize that God has placed a blessing on this nation so that we who would be blessed would learn how to bless. This is what Jabez prayed. He said, Oh God, that Thou wouldst bless me. Listen, every person I know, listen, I I want you to look real quick down your row. Real quick. Just look down your row. Every person in that row wants God's grace and His blessings to flow in their life. Right? Every one of us wants that mercy. We want the favor. We want the prosperity. We want the healing. And listen, there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. But, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, I, I need to get to you because the, what we need to understand is that God's blessing and His grace doesn't come separate from the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Oh, don't, don't, don't pass that by too quickly. Don't pass that by too quickly because I want you to understand. His blessings, His grace, His mercy, His healing, all that He has does not come separate from the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You see, for us to say we're ready to accept His grace, His favor, His blessings, means, listen to me now, means we must be ready to accept Him. Well, let me put it this way. To have more of the blessing means we need to make room for more of Him. Oh, see, you, you, see I, I had a great deal of you that were on board with me when you were talking about how I want the blessings and we want that. Oh, we want the mercy. We want the prosperity. We want the... Listen, if we want more of the blessings, we're going to have to have more of Him. And therein, therein lies the challenge, doesn't it? That's the challenge. That's the catch. Because to have more means that we need to deal with the mess of more. What am I talking about? Dealing with the mess of more. What I'm talking about is the change. Everybody say change. I'm talking about the change that is necessary to enable more to stay. Oh, see, we started in the, in, 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 we started with Christmas and now we're somewhere else. That's okay. We'll get back to Christmas in a minute because it's because of Christmas that we have the ability or the potential for blessings before the more. But listen to me, in order for that more to stay, in order for that more to not be temporary in our life, means that sooner or later we're going to have to deal with some change. We're going to have to deal with the mess that more may create. What are you talking about, Pastor? Well, listen, how many of you know that more of anything is always going to come with a challenge? You have more kids? Woohoo! It means you better have a bigger house. 
Because you're going to have to have some place that you can go and escape from all those blessings. <laughs> Come on, you don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, Pastor, I want more money. I want more money. Then that means you're going to have to pay more taxes. Uh-uh. Come on. Oh, you know, it may mean that you're going to have to change a mindset so you get out of poverty and start accepting that God wants you to live great. You're going to have to deal with the mess of more. Listen, listen. We even say in church, we say things like, oh, we want the house filled with people. Really? Because if you want more people, it means they're going to bring. Listen, let me, let me put it to you this way. Even having, how, how many of you want more of Jesus? Listen, you all ought to put your hand up just so people around you don't think you're a hypocrite or you're a nasty person, right? I mean, just do it because you know, oh yeah, sure, 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 I'm religious, yes, woohoo, shana, 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 shana. You know, we do that, right? I mean, the, as soon as the preacher says, raise your hand, you go, oh yeah, sure, what did he say? I don't care, just raise your hand, put your hand up, make it look good. Listen, we say we want more of Jesus, but how many of you know having more of Jesus means we may need to change some things in our lives? Oh, don't shout me down just because I'm on your bench. Listen, having more of Jesus means we may need to deal, listen now, with the mess we secretly are still carrying inside our lives. Well, help me. Well, listen, let me ask you this. Are you still carrying around issues? Are you still carrying around hurts? Maybe even sins that you should have laid down years ago. Listen, I, I, I want to I want to preach about Christmas, but I'm here. Listen, the more we want, the more. But are we willing to let go of the mess that we're still holding and hiding? Oh, come on, you know. I, I told you, even you know, as a church, we say we welcome everybody. And if that's true, then that means we better be prepared for what they bring with them and what they travel with, what they travel in. Come on, because every person has some inerrant potential of their abilities and strengths. <laughs> Come on, look at the person next to you and say, you have some good stuff. Go ahead. Go ahead and look at them. I don't care if they haven't looked at you kindly all day. If they got a sour puss look on their face, go ahead and smile. The biggest grace-filled, love-filled, mercy-filled smile you can get out of the Holy Ghost and say, you got some good stuff. Listen, go ahead and just pat yourself and say, I got some good stuff. Look at the person next to you and just pat yourself and say, you looking at some good stuff. Every one of us, we have some potential, some greatness, some wonderful strengths, some abilities inside of us. And every one of us also has some baggage. We may have some problems. Maybe even some weaknesses. Some places that we tend to stumble a lot. Listen, let me, let me, let's, just be, let's just be honest. I'm not going to use you. Let me use, let me use me. Because 
I personally, I can be a very loving person. You ask my wife, I can be very loving. Is that true? All right. And you know what? I also can be rude and a jerk. Is that true? Now, that was a greater amen than the first one. So you need to... You... Listen, I can be so loving at times. And then sometimes I can just be a rude jerk. I know I'm not like you. But what I understand about myself is I have this great potential within me. And this, sometimes this great mess. All wrapped up in this package called me. I don't know where, you know, I... See, I, I sometimes look at myself and sometimes I see greatness and then sometimes I see ugly. Are you in the house? Look at the person next to you and just say, well. See, and let's, let's just be honest. Having to deal with your own mess sometimes can be just irritating. How many of you have ever looked in the mirror and you went, Ooh. No words? Just, Ooh. Ooh. Now some of you won't get this. Some of you, some of you younger, I didn't hear that. And I didn't hear it, so maybe I don't need to. Everybody say, we family. Watch this. I, you know, some, some of you won't catch this, but sometimes I want to look at me and go straight to the moon, Harris. Straight to the moon. See, you younger people won't have a clue as to what I'm talking about there. And you just go back and watch me TV and you'll maybe catch it. Ralph. You know, but sometimes I look and go, way to go. You did good. Listen, we all have that potential. And having to deal with your own mess can make you weary. But come on, how many of you know that when you have to deal with other people's stuff? Oh, come on now. That's just overwhelming. Like, oh my Lord. OMG. Seriously. Can't you get your act together? Oh, don't, don't shout me down, you sanctified lovely thing. Because you have looked at some people and say, oh Lord, have mercy. Not yet have you learned I mean, dealing with other people's mess is just overwhelming. It's like, everybody just do it. Go. The problem is, is we're not looking at self and them in the same venue. Listen, and and dealing with the mess sometimes of more is 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 a challenge. I remember one time when my wife and I were younger, we were in the ministry and. The church we were at, they, they sent us to a church. It was a little Italian church, and I've told you some stories about it. But I remember one time we were at this church. It was we went there. It was about fifteen people, and and it was a little evangelical Italian church. And why they picked us, I don't know. Because I didn't know anything Italian besides spaghetti. And that's not really an Italian word, you know. It's like Mexican. I know chimichanga, taco. Sour crema. <laughs> Sweet tea. That's it. You know, but listen, and so we were at this church, and this, these, some of these people were just so beautiful. 
and, and so lovely. And, and so we go to this church and it's about 15 people. They've got just the, the average age. And, and we were, I think we were about 25, no, probably 28, 29 years old. And the average person in the crowd was about 65 to 80. It's a great mix. Great match for us. Wonderful. So much in common. So anyway, we go in and, and we start, you know, my, let's build the church. Thank you, Jesus. And so we got in there and Angela saw they had no children's ministry, no nursery, no nothing. Well, you know, we had a 300% growth factor when we went in there because we had three children. <laughs> so it's like, okay, baby, you get to do the youth, you get to do the youth and the, and the children's ministry. Why? Because there ain't nobody else doing it. So she started doing it. And you know what? It just exploded. We went from 3 to 6 to 10 to 15, 20. We were sometimes bigger in the children's ministry than we could, we could handle in the, in the adult ministry. And we came to a point that we needed to spend $25. Everybody say 25 $25 on cleaning the carpet in the nursery. Now, the reason we needed to spend it was not because she had been so messy. It was because it hadn't been used for about 15 years. It was just nasty. And so we needed to clean it up. Well, that created a huge stink in the church. Because how are you going to come in to our building and spend $25 on children? They're just going to mess it up again. Created a stink, didn't it? I remember we were in a board meeting. And I've got board members that are are flipping each other off Italian style, like, hey, you know, on the front deck, going, on the front porch, going down the city streets, you know, and I'm going, yeah, you know, I'm going, oh, Jesus, I hope that's the Holy Ghost, because I don't know what they're saying. It don't sound like the Holy Ghost, but it sounds like, and I'm going, oh, Jesus, just shut everybody's eyes that drives past us. Created a stink. You know what they wanted? When they first interviewed us and said, we want you to come be our pastor, they said, we want you to grow the church. They wanted the more. They just didn't want to deal with the mess of more. You know that heinous toys and crayons and, oh, God forbid, the noises that children make. This is what the Bible says in Proverbs, the 14th chapter. Watch this. An empty stable stays clean. But there's no income from an empty stable. Dealing with the mess of more. I, I remember another time. We were, we were just starting BWC and we were, we were actually on 19th Street and, and, and Pastor Dave was talking to a man and he had just gone to the convenience store or whatever and he had just purchased his lottery ticket. And he came to Pastor Dave and he said, hey. I want you to pray with me because I am believing God to hit that 10 million. He was all pumped. He was saying, I'm, I want you to pray with me to, 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 to hit this $10 million lottery. And he says, you better believe, Pastor David, when, when I hit it, I'm going to pay a $10,000 tithe. Pastor Dave said before he prayed, he said, now, now, brother, you remember that a tithe would be 10%. That would be $1 million. The man dropped his hand and said, hey, now, wait a minute. That's a little too much. Listen, what I'm telling you, what I'm telling you is if we want the blessings of God, 
If we say we want the power of God to flow in our lives, we may have to pick up some spiritual crayons and toys. We may have to deal with some added noise. And we may have to tithe a little more on our increase. We're going to have to learn how to change and deal with the mess of more. Let me show it to you in the Bible. Matthew, the 16th chapter, verse 24 through 26 says, Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, now listen, let him deny himself and take up his cross. What's he saying? Deal with the mess in your life and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will, uh, shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is the man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Remember what I just said just a few moments ago? God's blessing and His grace do not come separate from the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You want the blessings? Then you want Jesus to be Lord. You want the blessings? Then there may be some change that you need to deal with. I I want you to come get those boxes. Pastor Pat, I want you to come here because several years ago, Pastor Pat, I I told him I was going to use him in this. And Pastor Pat, uh, this this was several, several years ago. He told me about a a vision that he has, an open vision. And he said, said, Pastor, I, I don't get very many of them, but he said, I had an open vision. And he said, in this vision... I was carrying boxes. Now, I, and I, he, was, he was praying out and, and just, just go ahead and sit down and get me the rest of them if you want. He said, in this vision, I was, I was carrying boxes. And you know, one, one may be worry. Don't forget about this. Just think of this. This is worry. Everybody say worry. You know, then he said, you know, I, I was carrying that. And then he said, you know, I also had to carry around some fear. Everybody say fear. And he said, not only that, but, you know, I had to, I had to, let's go ahead and get a little bit over here. Because now, I need, see, you're dropping your fear, bud. Um, you know, he said, I said don't, don't worry, I'll give you your fear back. Then he said, you know, then there's also financial pressure. And he said, you know, there's, there's always, there's always these things called days. You know, Mondays? You know, Mondays? He said, you know, there's, there's always that stuff. And he said, quit dropping your fear, man. Really, seriously, you've got to have your fear. That's, that's precious to you. Come on. It's precious to you. And he said, you know, there's, there's always those things. You know, there's families and there's, there's, there's extended stuff. And, you know, then he said, there was also, you know, he's, he's, you know he had, at that time he had, had a child that was very sick. He said, so, the, you know, there, there's, there's children issues and, and sickness and I've and I got to be traveling yet. I've got to be working. And he said, and, and he said then, then, you know, then beyond that, there's always those little things that always come up. So here, just balance down on top. There's just everybody say the, the, the rest of it. Say the rest of it. And so Pastor Pat is asking Jesus, he says, God, I want more of you. Are you getting this? Oh, God, I want more of you. The only problem was, Pastor couldn't even see where he was. Oh, you, you, you'll catch this, I hope. He couldn't see where he was or where he was going. He couldn't even see where God was going. He said, he said God... I want more of you. This is more of Jesus. I want it. I want to embrace it. I want to hold it. I want to love it. I want it all. Jesus, I want more of you. 
He said, God, give me more of you. I love that God sometimes is just direct. He wasn't, oh, son, thou lover of mine soul, thou dearest inheritance and covenant partner with mine abilities and my, my personage. Oh, my beloved. No, you know what he told Pastor Pat? He said, well, in order to carry more of me, you may have to lay some of your mess down. Go ahead, Pastor, lay it down. And that's exactly what I wanted to see, because you know what? We're afraid if we put it down, it could just... Oh God, there's a mess. But in order to have more of Him... I need to have more mess out of my life. Thank you, Pastor. Listen, what I'm trying to tell you. I'm asking you a very simple thing this morning. Can, can you surrender your mess? Can you surrender your pursuits? Can you surrender your will? Can you surrender your plans? Can you surrender your way? Can you surrender your timing? To his. Is there room for him? Now listen, listen. Me, me telling you that there's a mess and more doesn't mean that we don't want to have God's blessing. But it is the truth that we need to catch. Here's the truth. You ready? Realize that who we are, our identity is never in the more. But in him, Christ Jesus being our Lord. Jabez said, oh God, bless me. (laughs) But to have more of the blessing means we may need to deal with the mess of more. But after that, listen, and I'm going to bring this to a close very, very soon. But after that, Jabez asked God for probably one of the... I hesitate because I want to make sure I say it right. Probably one of the greatest things that Jabez asked for. And that was in the second part of that scripture in First, Chron- or First Chronicles there. He said that thou wouldst keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. Because right there is where Jabez learned the secret of the spotlight. You see, we live in a selfie-centered world. If I had my phone, I'd try to take one. You ever notice we always get it from the downside so you can't see the double chin? You know? The peace. Like, you know, we live in a selfie-centered world. And I'm not, I'm not against selfies. Listen, don't say pastors against selfies. No. Because I realize I'm not very techno-savvy, but I understand that there are even some filters on some phones that after you take the selfie, it will allow you to adjust and edit it 
so that what happens is you can then give out to the world the image that of you that you want them to see. Come on. We don't usually tell, take selfies the minute we wake up in the morning with the bedhead. You know, with, with last night's spaghetti still stuck in our teeth. Come on! We wait till we are looking, you know, we are looking good. In the 80s, it was looking fly. Come on, some of you don't even know what I'm We're looking, you know, out of the 90s or the 2000s, dope. Never did understand that one. So you go back to my era, it was cool. You know, we, we wait till we're looking good and then we snap that picture because this is the me I want you to see. I want you to see, come on somebody, I want you to see the loving parent that I am. I'm, I'm with my kids. I'm, look, we're around the Christmas tree. I'm not going to tell you that I just beat the hound out of them to get them to shut up and clean their rooms. Stop, you're crying. Click. I'm going to get the picture with me in the Bible. Click. I'm not going to tell you that I just spent four hours previously doubting and worrying, having fear-filled thoughts. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get the picture of me and the honey. We're out on the date. Come here, you good-looking thing. I'll smack you. Click. I'm not going to tell you that we 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 went to the restaurant fighting. I'm going to click the one that shows the me. I want you to see. <laughs> Come on. How many of you know we even... We, how many of you have caller ID on your phone? There's six of you. Some of you need to go out of the flip phones. Come on. You, you, there's, there's amazing things. You know why we have caller ID on our phones? Now listen, I say, oh, well, it's a nice... No, no, listen. You know why we have it? So we can see who it is. I'm going to talk to them. I don't even like them. I'll text them when I feel like it. You know what it is? It's all about, oh, come on, I'm in your bench right now. It's all about our self-control. I want to control. So I'm going to put the best image of me out for you to see. And I'm going to look and see when I want to respond. Because it's about me having control. Or let me put it to this way. I want to be in the spotlight. Come on! Don't you shout me down just because I'm in your stuff. I have a spotlight. And it shineth on meeth. <laughs> go ahead one time, just turn person next to you and go, well. So pastor, just a second time, because you don't need to say nothing else. Watch this, what Jabez said though. What did Jabez say? Jabez said that thou wouldst keep me from evil. 
that it may not grieve me. I, I want you to understand some very important words that Jabez said, because you need to understand what Jabez was praying. I mean, sometimes we read stuff like that and it just kind of goes in one ear and right out the other because it's just like, oh, okay, well, he prayed, keep me. Okay, fine, whatever. But listen to what it means in the Hebrew. In the Hebrew, the word keep, asa, means to produce, to prepare and keep, or to press and squeeze. What are you talking about, God? I want freedom. I don't ever want to feel pressed and squeezed. Right? Come on, we don't want that. Jabez, you are, you are smoking some bad stuff. You are off. You're wrong. God wants me to live free. Open and expensive. And here's Jabez. He's saying, God, I want you to press me and squeeze me. Here's what the idea was, though. In the Hebrew, the idea, what well, well, you can understand it is, I don't know if you've ever done this. Most of you probably never have, but some of you have probably at least heard of it. It's a, it's a thing called canning. Where a process, you put, you put like foods inside of a jar and then you put a lid on it. And then through a pressure and through a process of, of squeezing that down on that, it seals something within So he said, I want you to keep me. I want you to press me and squeeze me. And then he says, and keep me from evil. Do you know what the word evil there means? It it, it means ra'ah, which means bad or to spoil. Jabez was saying, listen, God, I want you to can me so I won't spoil. How many of you know we live? Oh, help me, Jesus. We live... And, no, we're not going to do that. We're just going to say, how many of you know, don't raise your hand, but how many of you know you look in the mirror sometimes at a very spoiled... I'm talking about the times that you're standing behind your wife in the mirror, right, you know. Or your, your husband is standing there and you're looking in the mirror, right, it's never you. Jabez said, I want, you to, I want you to squeeze me and press me so that I won't spoil. But then, he used this one more word, and that word is grieve, atzab, which means to carve and fashion with worry, pain, anger, grief, or hurt. Now, did you notice that Jabez never asked that, God, that it wouldn't grieve God? He said that it wouldn't grieve me. I want you to press me. I want you to squeeze me so that I won't spoil and I won't grieve myself. You know what he's saying? He said, I want you to help me so that I will never spoil myself by getting more involved with the blessing than the blesser. Does God want me blessed, Pastor? Yes! Does God want me to fall in love with the blessing more than the blesser? Is there room for him? See, Jabez didn't want the blessing to spoil him by carving into his life a love for things over his love for God. He wanted the blessing of God. He wanted the increase in the more, but he didn't want the increase in the more to ever separate him. From Jesus. I believe that what he was saying was a simple thing. He said, God, I don't want the blessing to squeeze and spoil and carve me into anything that is apart 
from you. I want your blessings, but I don't want them without you. Is there room? Pastor, why are you yelling? I'm not sure, but I just feel it. I feel like shaking some people in this society and asking them in church, is there room for him? Listen, how many people have you seen? Let's just be honest. Now, I, I know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to go too long, but listen, I, how many people have you seen that have been blessed and then for some reason they separate themselves from God? They had a relationship with him, but now they don't have time for him. They were in church regularly, but now they've just got too many other things to do. Pastor, go back to being funny. No. No. Oh, come on. They received the job they were praying for. Oh, don't shout me down. But now the job has them so tired they can't even think about church, being a witness for Christ, or anything about that. Pray that I get a job, Pastor. Okay. Where are you at? I'm working. Anybody, anybody got me? Anybody got me this morning? Just give me a proverbial high five. That says I got you, Pastor. Listen. Oh, come on. I'm, I'm gonna get somebody's business. I'm gonna get in somebody's business. But listen to this. How many of you know that that person that wanted all the friends to pray because they knew this was the man, this was the right one? Come on, pray with me, sissy. This is him. Oh, he's the one from God. And once they got him. See, what the problem is, is they got their blessing, but somehow it turned, and now the blessing got them. Oh, come on in this house. We want the mercy. We want the favor. We want the prosperity. But remember, God's blessings and grace doesn't come separate from the Lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives. That's the secret. Listen to me now. That's the secret of the spotlight. The secret of the spotlight is whose will yours shine on? Who's going to stand in your spotlight? Who's going to be illuminated by your spotlight? What is going to be revealed by your spotlight? Listen, this is... This is a problem we have in Christianity. Because we say we are Christ Christians. And yet the spotlight is not shining. Oh, pastor, don't preach me down. I'm not preaching you down. I'm trying to preach you right side up. Because too many of us have a life and a world that's upside down. Prayed for a job. Got it and now we don't honor Him anymore. Prayed for that new thing. That new toy. Oh, I got it. Then you forgot about the one who... Are you in the house? 
Let me show you this inscription. I promise I'll, I'll come to a close someday. Luke, the 14th chapter, verse 16 to 20 of the NIV says this. A certain man. Now, well, wait, wait. Because there's certain translations that say that this could be translated as a king. So we could say a certain king. But a certain king or a man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Now, wait a minute. How many of you know that that's a blessing of living in freedom to, to buy the field? He just was blessed with prosperity to go out and buy a field. But now he doesn't want to honor the one whose freedom he is enjoying. Are you in this house? The next one said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Listen, that's another blessing and freedom of prosperity to get that animals. But what was it? He didn't want to honor the king that gave him the blessing. Still another said, I just got married. I can't come. How many of you know that that's a generational blessing now of companionship? But they don't want to honor the king. Listen, every one of those people have been blessed, but their spotlight was shining not on the blessing or the blesser, but on the blessing that they had. Listen to me very closely. Several years ago, oh, I've got to be careful. Several years ago, we had a prophecy, a vision. I was reading this just the other day, Sharon. It was in the time of the mantle, and it said there's going to be three rivers that are going to flow. There's going to be a river of anointing, a river of prosperity, and a river of the gifts of the Spirit. I was praying about this the other day, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit kind of smacked me upside the head, and He said, you already got them. I'm praying, God, open the rivers, let the river go. Come on, God, let the river And He said, you got them. We may not be walking in the deep part of it yet. Pastor just told you just a few minutes ago, this house is prosperous. Do you know last year, we never came one time to you and asked for one extra offering to minister to this building and to this property. Yet we paid out $18,000 in upgrades and repairs and improvements. That's a blessing. I talk to pastors all the time that aren't making their salaries and their, their, their budgets. We were putting money aside so we could put a new roof on the administration building, go ahead and resurface that parking lot. Now we're going ahead and believing and putting money aside. We're saying, Jesus, come on, we're going to put a backside onto this, oh, this warehouse over here that leaks every once in a while. We're going to just fix it in Jesus' name. We've got all kinds of things. Come on, you ain't in this house. What you've got to understand is there is a blessing that is in this house. It's not because I'm the pastor. It's because Jesus is Lord. I've had people that have come into this house, come in dirt poor, and after a few, few weeks, months, and years of being faithful and sitting in this house, they begin to see prosperity in their lives. There's a river. There's a river of anointing. There's a river of the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of God. There's a river. Watch this. Every blessing should point us back to the blesser. Every blessing should draw us closer to Him. 
See, and that's the secret of the spotlight. No blessing, no person, no hurt, no shame, no thing, past, present, or future, should ever steal the spotlight away from Him. Is there room for Him? I'm just going to ask you very quickly, what about you today? Listen. You can put your Bible down if you want. You can put your phone away because I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you, sir. I'm talking to you, madam. I'm talking to you, teenager. What about you? What is your spotlight shining on? Is it shining on selfie you? Or do you need to put your spotlight back on the Christ of Christmas? Where's your spotlight? Secret is, there is a spotlight in you. The question is, what's it shining on? Stand with me in this house. It's all possible. Nobody leaving, nobody moving around. I promise I'll, I'll let you go in just a few moments. So I pray that the Holy Spirit would make your bladder gladder. Don't run. In 1864, Emily Elliott wrote a Christmas hymn called, There is Room in My Heart for Thee. There was one verse in it that says this, Thou didst leave thy throne and thy kingly crown when thou camest to earth for me. But in Bethlehem's home was there found no room for thy holy nativity. Then the chorus said this, O come to my heart, Lord Jesus, There is room in my heart for thee. I'm going to ask you again, because I believe that probably most every person in this house probably is is a Christian. You've heard the Christian message. You've heard the the, the message of of the cross. and, And you probably accept it. But I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask Christians today, is there room for him? Because to really celebrate this season means we're supposed to be celebrating and focusing the spotlight on Him. On Jesus. Oh, Pastor, it's it's a time for kids. Christmas is for kids. No, it is not. Christmas, Christmas is for us to celebrate that Jesus Christ came to redeem us, to restore us, to set us free from sin. Listen, if you want to celebrate Santa, Saint Nick, I don't care. 
do it. Dress yourself up. I don't care. That's a side light. Christmas. Christmas. Is a celebration of making room for Him. Oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus. There is room in my heart for Thee. So I'm asking, is there room? Or do you need to change and deal with the mess? of more do you need to and I struggle I, I'm, I'm honest with you. I won't keep you up forever but I struggle with this because I thought God I don't want to I don't want to give somebody the wrong impression but then I said no I don't want to be so light and fluffy that I don't get in do you need to repent do you need to repent And make Jesus Christ, not just Lord of this season, but Lord of you. See, that's celebration right there, honey. That's when you can celebrate. Is there room for Him? Every eye closed, every head bowed in this house. See, the greatest way to celebrate is to start it like this. Admit you need Him. You need a Savior. Accept His free gift of salvation. And ask Him to forgive and receive you as one of His family. If there's someone here today, every eye closed and every head bowed, no one looking around for just a moment, Is that you? You need to make room. Maybe it's just to change and deal with the mess. Maybe it is to repent and say, Lord, I want you to be Lord. That's you. Raise your hand in this house. Yes. 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 Come on. Hands are going up in this house. Yes. Yes. I don't care if you've done it a hundred times before. Maybe you need to do it one more time to celebrate Him this season. Let's do it together. Say it with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I need You. I never want to go through life without you not one more minute I need you right now right here this moment I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior I ask you forgive me for every sin help me to change And deal with a mess of more.
in Jesus' name. Now listen, that's how you celebrate. You keep the spotlight on Him. Come on, would you just lift your hands and...